what you'd have me. I was going to have another song, but I'll be honest with you this morning. I think what he just preached and what God laid on my heart to preach uh, lines up this morning. And if you're here and you don't know Christ, I pray that you'll come and be born in the family of God today. And if you're saved but you're not surrendered, may you surrender your all to Jesus this morning. John chapter 14, and we'll look in verse uh, number 5 this morning. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Heavenly Father, I ask you now to add your blessings to the reading of your word. Lord, thank you for the message that we've heard this morning already. Thank you for the servant that preached it to us. And I pray that you would speak to hearts. There's no doubt somebody here that needs to be born again, maybe several. Lord, others that may need to surrender. And Lord, we ask that your will be done. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to notice in verse number 5, I want you to notice first of all the character that is mentioned here. As the Bible says, Thomas saith unto him. Now I want you to think about Thomas this morning. Uh, we know Thomas as a doubter. We know Thomas is one that uh, had a hard time uh, believing certain things as we uh, see him throughout the scriptures. And he's given that name, uh, Doubting Thomas. You know, as the preachers already said, uh, the just live by faith. Amen. We walk by faith and we live by faith. And the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet yet seen. And so Thomas, uh, we notice him here as he's about to make a statement. And I want to say this morning as we look at the character Thomas, we also consider what I would call the complaint. The Bible says that Thomas saith unto him, Lord, how uh, we know not whither thou goest. Now, I would call that confusion this morning, but the more I thought about it, I would see it more as a complaint on Thomas's part because Jesus says in verse number four, and whither I go, you know and the way you know. I would say first of all that Jesus never told anything that wasn't true. Amen. And if Christ would say whether I go you know and the way you know uh, then that means that they did know the way. But Thomas because of a lack of faith uh, uh, Thomas because of his doubting maybe Thomas because he wasn't paying attention. He uh, uh, said to the Lord we know not whither thou goest but you know that Christ had taught them well he had preached to them and he had taught them he had instructed them and they surely knew the way and so we see the complaint but then we see the curiosity here as he says uh, unto him uh, we know not whither thou goest and thank God for this question here and how can we know the way amen I say Thomas even in his complaint the curiosity of my friend of Thomas brought about a great question how can we know the way I want to stop and say this morning, I'm glad we can know the way. Amen. And not just uh, when we talk about knowing the way, do we know it in the form of a plan, but thank God we know it in the form of a person. Amen. And Jesus is about to clarify in verse number 6. He is going to make an announcement. And this announcement is the sixth uh, of the great I Am's in the Gospel of John. In chapter 6
6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. In chapter 10, he said, I am the door and I am the good shepherd. But here Christ is going to make this sixth statement of the seven statements of the great I am that we see in the gospel of John. I would note about verse number 6 that what Christ says here in this verse is that it's a very consistent statement. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you think about it, Jesus has been making that statement throughout John's gospel. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the the way, the truth, and the life. You see, friend, it doesn't matter what you put on the end of that statement. What Jesus is proving to them and to you and I this morning is that he is the great I am. Amen. I want to say I thank God for the consistency of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's a consistent statement. And then I would say it's a collective statement because Jesus in this text, he puts three things here. He gives us a triology of what he's going to say. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I'll tell you whatever I need him to be, that's exactly who he is. Whatever you need him to be, that's exactly who he is. I'm telling you, God's never a day late nor a dollar short. He always is what we need him to be. He doesn't only have the answer, but may I say this morning, Christ is the answer. Amen? And so it's a consistent statement. And it's a collective statement. But then I would say it's a closing statement. Look at what he says in verse number 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he makes this statement here. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. It is a closed statement this morning. If you're going to know the way, the truth, and the life, if you're going to get to heaven, you're going to have to go through Jesus Christ or you're not going at all this morning. You know, there's some people, they're just deceived. Uh, They have convinced themselves that they're okay. They have convinced themselves that they're going to heaven. It's a whole lot easier when the Holy Spirit convinces you. When the Scriptures convince you. I say this morning, if you're saved, it's easy to know if you're saved. Preacher talked about being an overcomer. You can overcome doubt. You can overcome all that deception this morning. You say, how do you overcome doubt? The same way you overcome deception, by the truth of God's Word this morning. You see, when you look into the truth, uh, the mirror of God's Word, uh, it will convince you and I of who we are and how we stand with God. Some people are trying to conquer doubt through themselves when they need to conquer it through the Scriptures. Some people have convinced themselves, I'm okay, I'm saved, I'm right with God. But when you take their life and when you take their testimony and you line it up with the Word of God, the problem is it just don't line up. It just don't add up. I mean, we all have got family members, I'm sure, and friends that that tells us that they're saved. I've got family members that if I was to ask them and I have, are you saved? You know what they're going to tell me? Oh, don't worry about me, I'm saved. 
And you know what? In the last decade, people's come along now and they've learned how to, uh, to talk the lingo and the religion. You see, there was a time when sinners uh, was honest enough about their own sin uh, that they was ashamed of the things they'd done and so they did them in secret. Now they just do them openly. And listen, they, they praise their sin uh, and now they've convinced themselves that not only are they okay with what they're doing, but they convinced themselves that God is okay okay with what they're doing. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I'm talking about people that don't ever darken the door of a church. But yet they'll say things like, uh, you know, like I, I read my Bible and prayed this morning and had my morning devotion. But you don't go to church and, and save people go to church. Can I get a witness on that? Hebrews 10, 25. I, I want to ask them, have you read that verse? Amen. Not forsaking the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but so much more exhorting the day, uh, exhorting one another as you see the day approaching. I mean, they say, I had my devotion and I had my prayer time, but they never go to church. I'm not talking about people that can't physically go. I'm talking about people that they just sit at the house on Sunday and don't go to the house of God. I'm wondering, have you had a devotion on Hebrews 10, 25 and understood that? And other people, listen, they'll go out and drink and they'll go out and party and they'll live out in sin, but yet they'll talk about Jesus and talk about God as if they're saying. They've learned to say the same things we say. Oh, God is good. I tell you, the Lord's been good to me, but no shame about the way they're living. No shame about the things that they're doing. I'm telling you, those people have deceived themselves. Uh, uh, brother, if you're born again and you get out and start thinking about living in sin, the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you will be grieved uh, and he'll be quenched uh, and he'll speak to your heart if you're saved. Is that right this morning? I'm telling you, if you're saved and you think, you contemplate getting out in sin. Here's what the Spirit of God will do. Three steps. Number one, he'll, he'll, condemn, he'll convict you. You say, what do you mean? I'm saying this morning, if I was to say, well, you know what? I think when I leave church this morning, I'm going to slip off. And uh, I'm going to do something and not tell anybody about it. I'm thinking about that. You know what the Holy Spirit's going to do? He's not going to wait for me to leave this morning. He's going to go ahead and start talking to me right now because he knows the very thoughts and intents of my heart. Now, I could say something like this. Well, I'm going to slip off and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to go down here and, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to eat a nice meal and, and I'm going to drink a little wine, okay? Because Jesus turned water into wine, you know. I'll use the Bible there. But the Holy Spirit's already speaking to me right now and saying, now you know that wasn't fermented wine. And you know you can't go drink wine. Now, just for the sake of saying, I'm not going to do that, okay? It's an illustration. Not a confession. <laughs> but uh, he, he would already start talking to me. and said, now you, you know you can't do that. You know that's... He'd be bringing Proverbs to my mind right now. He, he's already... He's already convicted me about something that I've not even physically done, but it's already in here. See, it's already sin. You say, but you hadn't done it yet, but I've thought about it. It's in my heart to do it, see. It's already there. Uh, listen, it's already inside in the Holy Spirit. He's inside, and so he convicts me. The next step, I leave. I go to the restaurant. I give me a, a glass of wine. 
I turned that wine up because I'm saved. Now he's going to condemn me. whole time I'm drinking that wine because I'm saved, I'm not going to enjoy it like a sinner man would enjoy it. See, he'll turn that bottle up and drink it and have a good old time. He'll be, every time I, I look in the end of that glass, and if you're saved, every time you look in that glass, the Holy Ghost is going to speak to you and say, you know this is wrong. You know what you're doing is not right. You know that, that you're going to be punished for this. Well, that's how he talks to us, isn't it? And then I finish that wine, and I, and I start down the road, and I say, well, it was just one glass. It, it was just a, a little glass of wine. And, and you know, uh, I listen, there's not anything wrong. And I'll tell you, but listen, the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what I say, He's going to tell me this. He's going to convict me before I do it. He's going to condemn me while I do it. But then He's going to chasten me after I've done it. Somewheres, I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know what he's going to do, but somewheres there's a, there's a penalty, there's a price. And, and can I tell you something about chastisement? He's not going to wait five years, six years, ten years down the road uh, to whip me. He's got to tell you, you don't wait that long when your children do wrong. Uh, uh, you don't whip them for something they did a year ago. You don't whip them for something they did five years ago. No, you do it while you got their attention. I promise you, he's going to let something happen in my life. Uh, and when it happens, he's going to with me. He's going to remind me that you're being chastened. This is because you've disobeyed. This is because you've went your own way. You've done something sinful. Oh, you say, preacher, can you confess it? I can confess it. Can you find forgiveness? Oh, I can find forgiveness. Uh, uh, but I'm still going to face the consequences. Uh, I'm still going to face chastisement. I tell you, I could throw my arms around my parents' neck uh, whatever I'd done wrong and they'd forgive me and they'd pull me up. Uh, uh, but I was still going to face the consequences uh, uh, for the deeds that I have done. I'm here to tell you, friend, if you're saved, that's the way it is. But if you're lost, you can just go right on your merry way and do whatever you want to and live any way you want to live. And you say things like this. You ever heard people make this statement? Well, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with, with, with that. I don't understand what the big deal is. You know, I used to not believe people when they made that statement. But now I do believe them because the reason they don't don't see anything wrong with it is because they're blind and because they're living in sin and because that's what sin does it blinds you and makes you think that it's okay you know what reveals what is wrong and what is what you know what reveals let me get this right I want to be clear this morning you know what reveals to us what sin, what really is sin, what is sinful and what is not. This right here. I'm telling you, when you, if you connect with this book, you know. And this morning, I, I want to say that I really believe the Holy Spirit is dealing with hearts. And Jesus makes a statement here in verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in this statement, I'm preaching on Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. Because in this statement, this, 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 these three things that Jesus gives us here, each one of them answers a very important question. You say, what do you mean? Question number one, how can I be saved? Jesus says, I am the way. If you're here this morning and you're interested, you're wondering how to be saved, I want to say this morning, Jesus 
is the way. The way is important, isn't that right, this morning? Because it's mentioned in verse 4, and whither I go, you know, and look at this, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and here it is again, how can we know the way? And again in verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. The way is important, amen. Uh, there's a lot of people that'll tell you they're going to heaven. But I'll tell you what, bo- what it boils down to is how are they getting there? Uh, what way are they taking to heaven? Because as the songwriter said, there's just one way to the pearly gate, the way of life and the way called straight. Friend, if you're going to go to heaven, you got to go God's way. And God's way is clear this morning. The way is declared in verse number four. The way is diminished by Thomas in verse five. But the way is defined in verse number 6 Jesus said I am the way I'm telling you I'm not going to heaven my way and I'm not going to heaven by some byway but I'm going to heaven on that heavenly highway and Jesus is the way this morning thank God for Jesus Christ friend if you've been born again Christ lives on the inside of you this morning do you know the way I'm not talking about a head knowledge, but Romans 10 and verse 9 said, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Do you know it with your heart this morning? Have you trusted Christ? Uh, is He real in your heart this morning? If you believed on Him, if you believe the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside, and you know the way this morning, how can I be saved? The way. The way of happiness the way of holiness, the way of healing this morning, the way to heaven, the way of help, the way to Him. Jesus said, I am the way. Somebody's already made the statement this morning. But you know, to the world, Christmas time is just a time of festival. Isn't that right? They, they want to call it Merry Xmas. You know why? Because they don't want Christ in Christmas. They want to say happy holidays so they don't have to say Merry Christmas. I, I'm not offended if somebody says happy holidays. I used to say it uh, myself because I thought it put everything under one until I figured out what some of them was doing. They just said it for the reason of not having to recognize Christ. Amen. That's why they take every holiday that has like Christmas and Easter because they don't want it to be about the resurrection. They want it to be about a, a bunny that lays eggs. They don't want it to be about the, the babe in the manger. They want it to be about a Santa Claus, uh, who a uh, man who who lives in the in the north, who, who knows uh, every name uh, and has a book. Uh, uh, no, it's not a book of life, but it's a book of knowledge, a book of remembrance, uh, and it has in the deeds that everybody has done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. He knows who's naughty and he knows who's nice. Uh, all the similarities uh, uh, that Romans chapter one talks about: the four-footed beast, uh, the creeping things uh, of Halloween. Uh, he talks about the. He talks about about uh, the end of the the, the uh, incorruptible man, uh, the Bible talks about in Romans chapter one. Why is that? Why do they do that? I'll tell you why. Because Romans one also says neither do they like to retain God in their knowledge. Amen. They don't want it to be about Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, but to us that are saved, uh, thank God we know the way. Uh, I'm telling you, it's not about a Christmas tree. It's not about presents. Uh, I'm not against you having those this morning. You know that. Uh, but I'm glad if you're here and you don't have 
have a Christmas tree and nobody bought you a present. But you know Jesus Christ, you got the greatest gift that could ever be given. Thank God it's something beyond this world. I'm glad I know the way. Hallelujah, I found the way. It's a good way. It's the right way. It's God's way. It's the blessed way. Hallelujah, it's His way this morning. I'm glad I know the way. How can I be saved? You can be saved by the way. And then how can I be sure this morning? He said, I am the way. But he also said, the truth. I'm glad I know the truth this morning. His word is true. Amen. The Bible said, buy the truth and sell it not. How many of y'all thank God you got to hear two sermons this morning? Amen. I mean, this might be a pitiful one, but you're still hearing one. Amen. I'm telling you, it's good to go to church and be in the house of God and be under the preaching of the Word of God. You know why? Not because of the preacher and not because of the outline, because of the truth this morning. I'm telling you, we're blessed people because we get to hear the truth. Amen. I never want to rush the truth. Can I get an amen right there? I never want to overlook the truth. I never want to ignore the truth. I don't want to be distracted from the truth truth. I'm telling you this morning it's good to be in the house of God and hear preaching and be under the preaching and be around the truth. I'm glad I'm not deceived. Thank God you're not in a Mormon award this morning. I'm glad I'm not a Jehovah witness, a false witness. I'm glad I'm not a Catholic. I'm glad I'm not a Church of Christ. I'm glad I've not put my faith in the baptismal pool this morning. I'm glad I'm not trusting water baptism to get me to heaven. Oh, I want them to get saved. I'm not looking down on them this morning but I just thank God that as a little old 13 year old boy I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ one day got under old time conviction and got saved by the marvelous matchless grace of God hallelujah I don't deserve to be saved we don't deserve to be here this morning. As Brother Laddie said, we could have been born on the backside of Africa somewhere, so never heard the gospel, been in some pagan foreign religion, heathenism, and died and went to a devil's hell. But God let you be born in America. He let you hear the gospel. He let you get under conviction. He let you get saved by the good grace of God. Isn't it wonderful to know the truth this morning? Amen. Praise God. Now, I didn't mind it for the, and I know you didn't either. I thought it was, it was great for the play. Amen. But we're not playing this morning, are we? In some churches, you take away their fog machines and their dance teams and their socials. They don't have anything. They don't have anything. I'm not being critical this morning. But I thank God for the King James Bible. They can call us narrow-minded. They can call us simple. But I'll tell you something. That old book right there has carried me through more rough waters than I'll ever remember. It's got me through more sleepless nights. It's been an anchor that's been steadfast and sure when the storms of life were raging. I'm telling you, it's been that book. It's been the truth of the Word of God. It's held me steady through the hard times of life. I wouldn't trade this Bible for nothing in this world. I don't care how many degrees a man may have. They can scoff it. They can mock it. It doesn't make no difference. It's done while I'm living, and it'll do when I'm dying. Thank God. It's God's precious old book. 
book. I'm thankful for the Bible this morning. I'm thankful for the truth. Hallelujah. Had someone come one time and they, they wanted to join the church. And they, weren't, they were kind about it. But they asked as they said, I noticed that they, come to, they came to Sunday school, they came to church. They said, y'all must be King James only. I said, we are. And they said, well, we're, would you mind if we, if we, if we brought different, a different version? I said, well, I said, as a visitor, you come any way you want to come. But I said, if you join the church, you've got to believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. And I wasn't mean about it when I said it. I, they were being kind, and, and I certainly I wanted to help them, you know. And I told them, I said, I'd be glad to give you some literature. They weren't interested in the literature. They'd already studied something. I don't know what they had studied. But I'll tell you, we're King James only this morning. Amen. We always will be. Can I get an amen right there? I mean, I'm not just talking about behind the pulpit. But I'm talking about in Sunday school. I'm talking about if we're having a devotion in the fellowship hall. I'm talking about that. that that's, the, that's the Word of God. That's the Bible this morning. That's the truth, amen. And we're not going to sell out on it. We're not going to water it down. We're not going to fold on it, amen. I'm telling you, friend, in a world that's turned upside down, I'm glad we have the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. And we're going to stand on it in these last days. It's hope for this. This world. It's hope for your home. It's hope for my home. It's the hope for this church. This church is not built on singing. This church is not built on social events. This church is not built on the things of this world. But it's built on old fashioned, old time Holy Ghost, a King James Bible preaching. Amen. You know why? Because that's how you can be sure. You can be sure this morning. I don't want to tell you what I think or believe. I'll tell you what that book says. I'll tell you the Bible will help you on it. In fact, I, I don't think we could find a, a better name than Bible Baptist Church. Amen. Thank God for the Bible this morning. I challenge you, and I'll move on here in just a moment. But I challenge you to read through your Bible. Read through it at least once a year. If you can read through it two or three times a year, go ahead. But at least once a year, read through your Bible. You'll never be the Christian that God wants you to be if you don't read your Bible. You read it every day of your life. Young people, read your Bible every day. I mean, get you a good study Bible. Get you one. We got, we got study Bible. Get you a good Rock of Ages Bible. Amen. Get you a study Bible. And read the notes and the footnotes and, and study your Bible every day. Let the Word of God dwell in your riches. You'll never be how you girls will never be grow up and be the young ladies you're supposed to be for God if you don't read your Bible. You young men will never be the young men God wants you to be. You'll never make the right decisions in life if you don't read the Bible. Read it every day of your life. Every day. Every morning. Read the Word of God. I don't care if you read four chapters or ten or one chapter, but read, read it every day. Ask God to speak to you. Pray what the psalmist prayed or what he wrote. Pray what he wrote when he said, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things in thy law. Ask God to show you things in the Bible. It'll help your life. I'm telling you the truth will keep you on the right track. The truth will give you a happy marriage. 
The truth will keep you from a lot of scars in this life. I, I, I know, hey, listen, I'm trying to quit, but can I be honest? I don't want to quit right now. I'm glad I know the way. I'm glad I know the truth this morning. Thank God for this book, amen. Thank God for the Bible this morning. I'm glad that it doesn't matter when you open the pages of the Word of God. You can open it in the morning time or you can open it in the wee hours of the night. It still reads the same, amen. The Bible will stand when this world is on fire. How can I be sure? Because of the truth. And then finally, let me say this morning, how can I be satisfied? Jesus said, I am the way. That's how you can be saved. He said, I am the truth. That's how you can be sure. But he also said, I am the life. That's how you can be satisfied. Hear me this morning. The most satisfied life you'll ever know, the only satisfied life you'll ever know, is a life living for Jesus Christ. I would say this morning, what makes this life so satisfying is the freedom of it. Do you know this morning, living for God, there's freedom in it today. What Brother Ellis preached to us this morning, how to be an overcomer, be saved, be surrendered, be standing, walking by faith. Those things He gave us this morning, if we'll live by them and we'll do those things, you know what we'll experience? Freedom. Hey, young people, there's no freedom in alcohol. There's no freedom in drugs. There's no freedom in perversion this morning. There's no freedom in the pleasures of this world. Hey, there's no freedom. Hey, young man, young, young couple this morning, there's nothing wrong with having nice things, but don't let the things of life have you because there's no freedom in things this morning. Life does not consist in the abundance of things. Hey, there's not a thing wrong with having a nice home and a nice car to drive. There's nothing wrong with having nice clothes and nice shoes. And thank God for those things. God has blessed you with them, but don't set your sights to see how many things in life you can have. If God gives them to you, that's fine. And enjoy them and thank God for them and don't be ashamed of it. But don't set your eyes on this world and live for the material things of this world. You say, why? There's no freedom in that. You'll never be satisfied. The more you get, the more you'll think you've got to have. And you'll never be satisfied. Isn't it amazing when God gives you something, how you're satisfied with it? And when you go out and get something yourself, it brings nothing in life but frustration and bondage. God gives you something. You're as happy with it. I mean, listen, it doesn't have to be the finest. It doesn't have to be the best. You know what that is? That's freedom. That's freedom, friend. I mean, you know, nothing wrong if He gives you a mansion on the hilltop. If He gives it to you. But if you, and, and that's what's wrong today with society. They're so indebted in this world. They're so indebted in this world that they're living in bondage today. It's freedom. You know, I can remember growing up. I was thinking about this the other day. We didn't have much growing up. A lot of people didn't have much growing up. But I can remember a, a wall decoration. We didn't have a lot of things hanging on the walls when we was growing up. In fact, a lot of the walls was bare in the house. But right over the TV, we had this one thing 
that if I, I'll never forget it probably. It was a big old black wrought iron shield with two swords running through it. And one of them things you put your hand around the chain coming out and a ball with spikes on it. That was the centerpiece of our living room. And then we had this old wore out couch that had wagon wheels on the end of it. And uh, me and my brother, well, we behave because uh, with our parents, you'd never know. They may pull one of them swords out on you. But I can remember growing up, we didn't have a lot of things. We was happy. We lived life. And I look at people today in this world. They have more than, than any generation's ever had. But they complain more. They're more dissatisfied. They're more impatient. Some of y'all waiting for me to quit preaching right now say, my Lord, he's preaching forever. Well, you ain't coming back to church tonight. What are you worried about? Just going to go to church like black folk and just have one big long service. But people, they didn't have much, did they? But they were happy. And in today's world, you know why that is? Because there's no freedom in things. There's no life in things. I'm going to tell you, the life living for Jesus Christ is a satisfied life because it's free. And then I'll say it's satisfied because it's full this morning. I'm going to tell you, living for Jesus, you'll never be empty. I've looked at the faces of people sitting in church long enough as a pastor. Sometimes you can look at a young person, sometimes you can look at an adult, and you can see emptiness in their eyes. The lights are turned off. There's nothing there. They're singing the songs. They're sitting through the service, but, but they're, not, they're not full. Uh, listen, they're hungry for something other than this, but if you're saved this morning and you love Jesus Christ, hey, this is enough, isn't it, this morning? Going to church is enough. Living for God is enough. Uh, it's the best life you'll ever live. You know why? It's a full life. Uh, it's a life of no regrets living for Jesus Christ. Uh, it can be a life of no scars living for Jesus Christ. Uh, it's the fullest life you'll ever live living for him I'll say it's satisfying because it's forever and it's for all this morning I'm glad I can peel my head tonight and know that I'm going to live forever in eternity and then finally it's satisfying because it's fellowship the songwriter said he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own this morning I want to ask you this question Are you satisfied at just serving Jesus? Is living for God enough for you this morning? Nothing more, nothing less. Just Jesus. Just living for Him. Is it enough, young people? Before you marry, make sure that you ask the person that you're going to marry that question. Are you satisfied at living a hundred percent fully for Jesus Christ. And if they're not, you mark it up. They're the wrong person for you. Don't marry them. Don't marry somebody that doesn't want to live for God. I say this morning, as we look across this congregation, I wonder how many of this Christmas morning, I would say I'm preaching to the cream of the crop. But this morning I wonder, are you satisfied at living for Jesus? 
Are you here this morning? And you've drifted on, on him. You need to come back to him. How about it this morning? It'd be a good time to get right with God, wouldn't it? End the year right and start the year right. Get right with God this morning. On this Christmas morning, as we think about the birth of our Savior, we think about his full surrender to the Father's will, the life he lived and the life he gave so that you and I could have life this morning. It's a satisfying life. As we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I wonder this morning, if you need to come, some have already came and used the altar, and that's fine. But if you need to come this morning, I want to invite you to come on this verse. If you're not saved, why don't you come this morning? You can know the way while we sing. Tis so sweet to trust in If you're not Jesus, surrendered, just to take why don't you come this him at his word, just to rest upon yes. his promise. How can I be saved? How can I be sure? How can I be satisfied? Here it is. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him more and more. Oh, He's been proven. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more.